Hallo und willkommen auf dem Codec Momenten Podcast. Hallo und welcome to the Codec Moments Podcast. Ich bin Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy auf Twitter und ich bringe auch eine wichtige Ankundigung aus dem Vaterland. My name is Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy on Twitter and I bring you an important message from the Fatherland. Vergessen Sie nicht, dass nach Wolfenstein's Wahl der neue Kolosse startet am 27. Oktober, English wind verboten. Don't forget that following the release of Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, on the 27th of October, English will be banned. Nach diesem Datum müssen alle Podcasts auf Deutsch aufgezeichnet werden. After this time, all podcasts must be recorded in German. Danke fürs Zuhören und jetzt zurück zu unserer regularen Programmierung. Thank you for listening. We now return you to your regular programming. Hello and welcome to the Code of Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter, and with me today, two people. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Matt Holt, as ever. Hello, at Codec Moments on Twitter. And the man who, uh, no matter how many times he tells me, his Twitter handle is never going to be Furious. It's at FuryAC3, Stuart Cullen. Guten Tagen! Or <laughs> Borat. <laughs> that's probably quite a big uh, introduction to what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? A big clue. <laughs> yes, that's right. The crew, too. <laughs> no, we're here today to talk about Wolfenstein 2. The new Colossus. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. Um, I think it's fair to say, pretty big fans. All three of us of the first game, of the law, of everything that they've done with the reboots, and we're pretty excited about the next one coming out. Which, at the time of recording, is two weeks and a day, isn't it? I think it's two weeks. Yeah, twenty twenty seventh of October. 27th. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're quite excited here, um, and we're going to spend the next bit of time chatting about what we really do like about it. What we think they do well, the alternate history, and um, my particular favourite, actually, although I do love the games, I like the advertising for it. it it's, it's quite unique and quite special. Good, okay, well, that's, um, that sounds like an agenda right there then, doesn't it? Uh, so, uh, what, what did we like about the first one? Personally, I make no ifs or buts, my favourite enemy in gaming is the Third Reich. I take such satisfaction for annihilating them, and I don't know why... But through all games, it's always been a kind of thread that runs through my gaming history. And blowing away Nazis is a great feeling, whether being zombied or just standard. And Wolfenstein is like the, the pinnacle of this for many reasons. And I think the gunplay in it was phenomenal. And the kind of semi-pseudo open world elements to it, how you get put into a kind of arena. See, this predated the reboot of Doom, but Looking at it, it feels like Doom, i.e. you get put into a nice open arena, you have lots of toys, you have lots of enemies, and you can go about it yourself, go stealth, knife the commander, don't go stealth, go dual shotguns, just make a mess of the place, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. then big robots come in, and I think it's just a really fluent, exciting experience. It's very visceral as well, you know, it's, it's very much a case of... It treads that line where it's kind of like a believable world and then you stick a knife into a guy with a set of headphones for years. <laughs> it's interesting you say about Doom because I think Doom threw away the cover shooter mechanic completely. But Wolfenstein was well on the way there. 
you're right in the in the choices that you make regarding using stealth or that. I I never I'll be honest, I never found the stealth approach brilliant myself. That's probably more an indicator of, of my quality of the game than anything else. But actually, you know, picking up two shotguns and dual wielding was was a suitable alternative. Mm. It was just fun. It was a lot of fun. I think that was the key thing. It was just it, it brought fun back to the first person shooter genre, which was kind of lacking for a while. There was a campness about it as well, but you know, did you not think that? It, it they did it well. They it was for me all the things you guys have just said, and it was just the the very well scripted and thought out story. Because I think when we all heard Wolfenstein reboot, it, we probably didn't have high hopes for it, and we were expecting something that was tacked onto the side of a, an online multiplayer game. And the fact that they just didn't bother with that. So it says, no, there's no online in this. This is a single-player experience, and we're putting all our efforts into making a quality game. And that's what we got. And it wasn't over in six hours. I can't remember the full length of it, but I know I was at it for a while. It was just great. Especially with the dual timelines and, and going back through to see what mm. really were, were quite small differences as you play through. One give you health, one give you armour. <laughs> you got um you got either the lock picking or the um the other skill. This, this is showing how long it's been since any of us have played it, despite yeah, the yeah. fact we loved it. <laughs> one gave you the ability to override electronic locks and one gave you the ability to, to pick locks or something like that. It seems really mm. cool. Yeah, it was it was good. I I have to say I went back and played some of the alternative timeline stuff. Really, just just because. Um, so who who played? I mean, obviously, I'm not even going to ask Stuart because you must have saved the Scottish bloke. <laughs> yeah, Fergus. Fergus was saved right off the bat. There so, was no other option. And I think I think Matt and I may have played the same way around the first time, where we we saved the young guy who had a a future ahead of him. <laughs> I don't know. I think I saved Fergus. Oh. I think Fergus has more character, but uh, listeners have probably listened to the interview we did. But this is why I thought that was a major importance to asking the developers was how did these guys play into the second game because I think like Fergus is an actual character he's gruff and I know he's Scottish but if you take the Scottishness out of it he's a likeable rogue he's a kind of guy that he does he gets the job done but he doesn't know how he's going to get mm. it done but he'll get it done for you whereas the young American guy was what exactly that young clean cut in the American dream you know what I mean but he was also the kind of weaker of the two I always remember the beginning, you find him cowering in the trench because he, he wasn't quite prepared for that battle. To, to me, it, it wasn't the kind of road I wanted. I didn't want to like, babysit. I wanted to have like a buddy. Yeah. Oh, let's go and say the best line in gaming they give her and stuff, you know what I mean? Don't f*** this up, you magnificent but That's me personally for, for the kind of yeah. dual timeline kind of thing, you know? And it's that scripting that... Um almost subtleness in the way that you're actually being you're not forced to play but you make your decisions that made it such a memorable experience and such a great game it was just it put you in that mindset and it, it made you either care or not care about the characters and some of the things that happened when it absolutely horrific uh, and to the point where i hated death shed he's not death said anyway he's death shed my eye is aching already <laughs> I, I hated him he was just but that's the point. They created a good villain, you know. Very few games really create a good villain, you know, somebody that you want to take out. Like the, the kind of example I would say is like Halo Wars 2 brought in Apox, which is a big massive monkey, but he's an incredibly good villain. You're like, oh, I really don't like you. And it's the same with this. It's like, I really don't like him. I hope he gets his kabums, you know. Mm. This, and it, it, that's the kind of the same way the German woman who's got a name that I'd slaughter if I tried to pronounce it. Is it Frau Engel? Frau Engel. 
I was just yeah. about to ask you about this. So they set up Frau Angel in the first game. How do we think she's going to sit as an antagonist? I want to see how they fixed her face first and foremost. Because the last time I saw her, she had a crushed skull in her jaw mm. in less than perfect condition, you know? I imagine she's not going to look particularly pretty, but the type of character she was, I imagine she's wearing it with pride. Mm. And she was... They hinted very, very, very firmly that I think she's probably worse than Deathshed was. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going, because they had such a, a, an awful villain in the character. Uh, awful in a good way, obviously. Such uh, a horrible premise in the game and the alternate reality of the world being occupied uh, by the Nazis and absolutely no freedoms whatsoever, that they've they've really got to up it with the bad guy in this one to, to have the impact for those that have played the first game. And I think probably leads us into what we originally wanted to talk about was the, the trailers and how they've actually managed to maintain and permeate that alternate reality and different way of thinking through through their advertising campaign and the build-up over the last six months. Yeah, so it's interesting that the uh, the world building, the, the universe building is actually seeming to do a lot of it outside of the game itself. Mm. And with that, the campaign they've come up with is brilliant. Absolute genius. So it's slices of American popular culture, but with a slightly, you know, third-right Nazi Germanic theme to There's it. There's no slightly in there, is there? Right, completely. Blatant, blatant. Talk us through some of these then. So, uh, what which was the first one I saw? It was the first one I actually watched, um, and I think it was just after E3 or maybe just before E3, and it was the Lassie ripoff, Liesel. You knew something wasn't going to be right. You've got this wholesome mid Midwestern woman walking through wilderness, comes across two guys, one of them trapped under his, his car, obviously changing a wheel or something. He's, he's stuck. Um, so she calls for help, Lassie style, um, and inbounds this giant mech monster. that flips the car over and then proceeds to misbehave by destroying it. <laughs> and you just, you were expecting something a bit strange. Bad girl. But for that, it was just, well, well done. Bad girl. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. It was very much that. It, no, brilliant, brilliant advert. Just because it, it blended exactly as you said, they, they pulled in that classic culture, flips it on its head slightly, and really, really drove it home in terms of what they're trying to do. I was going to say it was because the, this game's now set in the 50s, 60s. Yeah. The biggest thing for the first game I, I remember was the, the UC iconic imagery. So, like, you had the Nazis at the moon landing, you had Nazis on yeah. Abbey Road, and you had all the kind of, these kind of, like, like peace rallies. I always remember the trailer that was the two Nazis walking along in Paris, and they're just walking along shooting people. And I think this time around they've took a bit more tongue-in-cheek it's a campness again. <laughs> They've totally bought into this, you know what I mean? And I think it fits perfectly with the time frame yeah. in which the game is told it. It's it's also a bit strange as well, is because the first game, I don't know if you remember, had a big push on the soundtrack. They did all these classic songs, yes. but we Nazi... Like basically, they redid classic songs, but as Nazi songs. They've no announced anything like that quite for the second game, which I think is a bit... A wee bit disappointing, well, you know what I mean? it might well be in there. Mm. 
Kabobi, I, I, I think it's interesting your point, though, that you, you said about the first game setting up the classic portrayal of the Nazi war machine storming through the centre of Paris, murdering innocent people. It evokes images that we're all very much aware of mm. from that period. And I think what this one does is very clever because what it does is it says, okay, you've seen those images, you've actually seen the newsreel, you know what the Nazi war machine is capable of. Let's see what the Nazi propaganda engine would be capable of if it was really allowed to to go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, perhaps a really good one to mention next is German or else. <laughs> <laughs> Run with it, boys. It's like a game show. It's basically like a classic, wholesome game show. Now is where it gets really exciting on America's number one game show. German But you have to guess the German words in it. Good children must learn obedience. Obedience is Gwahazam. 700 points for Rupert now. And if you don't get them right, you get sent away to... Re-education. <laughs> I'm sorry, Linda, but you lost. Which means you go for four weeks to... I, what I imagine to be some kind of concentration camp. <laughs> Which, enough of these adverts have hinted at this re-education thing as well, because that comes up again in another advert. And I think you'll end up going to one of these plant sites, camps, whatever it might be, um, in the game. I think that's kind of the setup for that, is this whole kind of, all right, so they're, they're, they're taking wholesome Americans and doing something to them. You probably end up finding out they're lobotomizing them or something, because that's just, that's just Wolfenstein's way. And I think it's a really interesting kind of seeding process, you know? It's that bit at the end that's really chilling for me, is there's only 173 days of English left. Mm. <laughs> Uh, which which just is scary, really, just a really scary little little addition, a little flourish to it. Remember, only 173 days left of English. Make sure you are prepared. It's now another one beautifully done, pastiched perfectly for the period. But it's that, like I say, it is that undertone and that building for potentially a really horrific world. Mm-hmm. Let's take our minds off the, the darkness of re-education. Are you, are you going to mention possibly my favourite? And I think if I am, it's my favourite too. <laughs> Blitzmensch. Yes. Uberman to Uberhero. Blitzmensch, it's, it's my favourite. It's that whole... It's like a cross between Batman and Captain America and uh, Superman and, and just about everything. He's that iconic figure... For the entire regime. Yeah. You're still watching it, aren't you? I want to find some of the words. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a proper it's a, a proper pastiche on Batman oh, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, even down to even down Natch. to the bad guys look like um Batman's bad guys. This is one that looks like the penguin. Yeah, but it's when they go for the cartoon to the real actors, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yes. Yes. It has in the outfits. <laughs> Starring Hubertus von Strachwitz as Blitzman. Sabina Vogel as Fraulein Fox. And this week's enemy, special guest star Franz Luthold Sonnenshine as the Illegal Eagle. You well know there's like they filmed a whole series of that. <laughs> I I hope there's a television somewhere in the game where you can just sit down and watch it just mm, for hours. Yeah. It's the little touches like the yeah, like you said, there's a there's a bad guy who looks like the penguin. There's um oh you're fighting Uncle Sam in a tank, the Statue of Liberty. Is an evil baseball player. His sidekick is a Doberman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like very much crushing that American spirit. <laughs> it's just amazing. And 
and the and even the uh, even the action, the kapows and the the blowies. You've got acne, ouch, <laughs> notch, schwab. <laughs> it is it is brilliantly, it's just it is brilliantly done. Yeah, it, yeah. Ah, uh, the guys that, that you can tell if they're what a fun way. I know there's more, but I don't know if I want to talk yeah. about them after well, after well, Blitz let's, let's, let's at least do one more, which is the. So, you, so you've gone from the wacky, absurd comic style into the wholesome family sitcom. This is the darkest of them all because actually, what was it called? You can't hide from your brother or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you can't keep secrets from your brother. You can't keep secrets from your brother. And it it is. I mean, like you say, the, the, right, so set up if, you, if you've not seen it and you're listening. He's just a kid sat in a bed having a power of chocolate and his brother walks in on him. It's done as that proper family sitcom with the laugh track and the, the silly interplay between the two brothers. Um, but the, the brother's part of the brown shirts. And it just it just plays off for about a minute or so, doesn't it, with them it- talking to each other about it. And, and eventually the boy's really apologetic for eating the chocolate. And his brother forgives him and still marches him off to the authorities. <laughs> is he a brown shirt or is he part of the Hitler Youth? He's that one, yeah. Hitler Youth, then. Yeah. It looks like that one, yeah. It's hard to say if he's a brown shirt or not because it's a black and white clip, but you know. I, I think it's worth highlighting the fact that Hitler's no actually ever mentioned. And I, I don't no, think. No, I, I, you know I, I think I'm you're trying right. to remember if he is. Other than Mecha Hitler, who obviously is a legend. I don't think they yeah. actually mention Hitler, but they mention obviously the, the Reich and all that, I'm sure. It, it, yeah, it is. Sure it's, 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 it's an extension What's, of the ideology, isn't it, rather than um, specifically the man himself. Know. Theoretically, he would be dead, wouldn't he, by then, I imagine? Well, maybe not if Frau uh, Engel's involved. Uh, true. Ronnie, that's your second hunk of candy bar this week. <laughs> you know, good nutrition is a matter of state security. Good nutrition is a matter of state security. And then canned <laughs> laughter. And I think this is this is it, actually. This, this You can't keep secrets from your brother. It's the classic canned laughter that you have in 60s sitcoms. If you take the laughter track off it, it's horrific. Mm. It's really dark. It's, um, it's designed to be that way, you know what I mean? It's it's that's... Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, 100% it's meant to be like that. But it is if you take that laughter track off, it's just so dark. Coming back to what you What's you said nine? earlier on, it's what would the propaganda engine have been? You know, it, it is how do they use the familiarity of all this stuff against the nation they're trying to occupy and and successfully taking over? I think it's also an absolute coup on the part of, of whoever's put these together for Bethesda because the tone of them is so brilliant. But actually, I've just been looking back at this this You Can't Keep Secrets From Your Brother piece. The actor who's playing the little kid is brilliant. I mean, you, you hear him when, when he says, oh, it's, it's just a bit of chocolate. He's, his voice is cracking. If father found out, it would be straight to the youth health ministry for you. What? But it's just a little chocolate disgusting and it's dishonorable yeah he knows he knows the seriousness of the situation and it's just it's really dark yeah yeah that's it you know it's it's like as well they've been doing like i don't know if you've seen the, the kind of printed posters you've seen again so there's like one about this apparently the nazis have got a space fortress <laughs> and it's like protecting our nation since numpteen numpteen didn't we go there in the first game we went to the moon. Yeah, we didn't go to the oh, fortress in space. Well, I think so. I think if you've got if you've got a moon base, I think it follows that you're going to have a space fortress. Well, you know, yeah. But then the space fortress opens up the idea. Does that mean they can obviously deploy the super soldiers or the the Panzerhounds really quickly and all that and all the possibilities of that? Because 
one of the well, one of the big things with the first game, uh, come back to sort of back to the game was remember the big tripod robot that you sat and fought for like twenty mm. minutes <laughs> that kind of just wandered into a space that was just able for it to stand in and fight. But then, do you know what I mean? It's, you it's, it's that was engineered. Yeah, well, we bit that way. <laughs> but it's 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 all, it's like I say, it's, it's the what you say, it's the universe building for propaganda about German sausages to the space fortress to these adverts to it's they've they've crafted a world or an alternate universe. You know what I mean? Where it's not the greatest thing unless you're a, yeah. of the alien race. You know and what so, I mean? I suppose the real the, well, the, the question with it is: Do they do their job? That basically, you, you watch these trailers admittedly already fans of the game and are you itching to get in control of bj blaskowitz and wipe that menace out i thought you were about to say are you are you ready to go and learn german because you've only got 173 days left of english um, well you're well on the way anyway so. <laughs> well, you've been practicing das ist richtig. um he's a spy yeah i yeah i want to i want to play <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Es tut mir leid, ich habe keine Ahnung. Ist ist actually that guy from Indiana Jones at the end if he melts away, he's just got a wee German lapel <laughs> and will be hiding in his suit as the dust blows away the ash. War es die Bahnhof? <laughs> um, I don't even know what he means. My German is not what it was. Um, <laughs> hope my client don't. Hope my client don't realise that. I, I guess the question is: Is the world building? working yeah it's drawing me and I'm, it's a world i want to spend more time in yeah well like i say to you as well i'm they've also brought a companion comic because that's all the rage and i really like the comic as well yeah because it, it's telling a, it was only the first issue so i can't really go far on it but it's it's someone else telling a tale a bg blastwix okay but the person that's telling the tale is in a rather dire situations as well if you know what i mean got too many credit cards and he needs to consolidate all his debt into one larger debt a little bit because we don't really know who this mysterious person is but let's just say the nazis have been not nice to people who are not part of the regime yeah and um they're drilling for something see this is the thing the, the, the comic wolfenstein's always had a strong connection to the occult and the comic feeds into that very well the New Order didn't really touch the occult. Mm. But then the old blood totally went old school Wolfenstein. Like, here's, we're, we're digging a home. We found yeah, the big the, monster. Yeah, they Go went with it that way, it. didn't they? With the, um, with the, well, it was supposed to be DLC. And they just turned it into a standalone game, didn't they? Because, it, well, it had enough. Well, it was a bolt on, because technically it's, it was two DLCs. Yeah, yeah. Was, they had a part one and a part two, didn't they? And they just released it as one mm. game in the end. But, but yes, that mm-hmm. went into the occult. The main game didn't, so the comic is that that's driving that kind of way. Yeah, well, they found you know how the the Aztecian people thingy me Bob suit. Or the the the, idea, the moment they found a, a temple or a, a kind of church thingy theirs under the water, they've raised it up as you would and built it, and they're finding that divers are going mission that are working on it and stuff and that. The, the lieutenant and the captains and the, the, the people in charge of the, the site are having nightmarish dreams where they're seeing Cthulian style monsters it all hints that there's a darker power afoot here you know so I'm kind of interested to see how that folds into the whole Yeah, it's going to end up him shooting it's going to be Hellboy, he's just going to shoot a big thing with tentacles in at the end isn't he? So there you go. Stuart's guess is that the final boss will be Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. Or his cousin, Steve. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. 
I like it when expanded universe kind of ties these things in. You know what I mean? All right, thank you very much. Well, I think we're uh, I think we're very excited for Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. Yes, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, the 27th of October. I'm interested. Who has it on pre-order? I'm humming and hawing about getting the action figure edition because I price checked it and I didn't realise it's only sixty pounds. Only sixty. And oh, it comes, that's quite good. That's quite it good. It comes with a, the action man sized figure of BJ Basswicks, bits of pieces, a steel book, um, and some other nice MacGuffins as well as two shotguns. Obviously, if BJ's got eagle eyes, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Oh, there's also an advert for that. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's like an old GI Joe advert where there's kids playing with him. Was it Terror Billy or something? Yeah, it is. It's Terror Billy. It is. It is. It is quite uh, a nice way of advertising the collector's edition. It ties in with the rest of it. But the thing is, there's loads of other like German figurines and stuff, and I've seen people already saying, "Are we going to be able to buy them?" But yeah, I, I really fancy the collector's edition, yeah. just so I can say I've got. Terror Bowie and his <laughs> leather jacket. I haven't pre-ordered, but I I can I can feel my pre-order finger itching. Yeah, as we. I uh, so yeah, it might been, it might be about to happen. I've been on pre-order for a, a little while now. Oh dear. Yeah, I, I um yeah very very much looking forward to just that absorbing, entertaining, and shocking. I'm not going to deny it. It will be a shocking experience at points. There were certain points in the first game that did it. I'm sure they will in the second. I'll be disappointed if there isn't something that makes me go, oh, God, that's disgusting. It's, but it, <laughs> it, it, it does, because it just, it just adds and layers to it and have those moments of humour and those moments of seriousness, and then they're just all-out chaos. Sounds like my average work day. <laughs> <laughs> moments of horror surrounded by absolute chaos. Okay, well, that's it. Wolfenstein 2, uh, The New Colossus. We're all very excited for it. If you've been in some kind of bunker or a nuclear submarine and you haven't actually seen any of these trailers, go and check them out. They're awesome. Really, really, really good. We'll add the links to the ones that we've talked about into the post for this podcast. So if you've picked it up off a feed, um, head to the website and uh, check it out there and you can go and watch the trailers in full. Failing that, just head to YouTube and search for Bethesda Softworks UK. I think they've got the full playlist there. Yeah, we've got lots more interesting things uh, at codecmoments.com, so check that out. And you can tweet us, Matthew, at codecmoments. And we will be back soon. that do? We done? Well, we'd, we have to let Stuart say goodbye and give himself a bit of a plug. It's only fair. He's been, he's been with us for the last half an hour. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, you can catch me at my Twitter account, uh, Furious uh, Free. <laughs> And you can read my excellent column exclusively online at codecmoments.com. Right, okay. Thanks very much for uh, listening and uh, we'll have more out on, I'm going to say Monday, because I think this is going to be a Thursday one, unless this goes out on Monday. Well, it's, it's either going to be a Monday or Thursday, so whichever day we release this on, there'll be more <laughs> on the following day of which we release things. Yes. Of course, if you're listening to it on a day that isn't a Monday or a Thursday, it's a moot point. Keep forgetting it's not live. <laughs> on that, bye. bye. On a routine transatlantic Zeppelin flight, Olympic decathlete Dieter Goldwitzer was struck by lightning and transformed into... Real smash, with the strength of the storm. 
Bentley. Sabina Vogel as Fraulein Fox. And this week's enemy, special guest star Franz Lutold Sonnenschein as the Illegal Eagle. Yeah.